Hi, welcome to episode four of Making Your Mark. I am Morgan Cave, an instructional technology specialist in North Texas. If you're looking for some backstory on this series, you can find that in episode one. In today's episode, I chat with Brandon, who is a third grade teacher. Let's hear his story. Okay, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about your experience, your background, and what you teach. Sure. Uh, I'm Brandon Handy, and I teach third grade um, ELR and science at Richardson Terrace Elementary. And I, uh, my background's in psychology and child learning and development, and I'm currently working on my Master's of Educational Leadership at UNT. And um, I got into teaching because I enjoyed working with kids, and I really wanted to find an avenue to work with them. I was doing my undergrad at the time, and I had to take a child development class because my original major was psychology, and I found that I really enjoyed um, learning about kids and working with kids, and so I said, hey, I need to find a way to incorporate this into my life and kind of make it better. And so I latched on to teaching when I was an undergrad and added uh, child development onto my major and kind of went from there. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that story. I don't know if I, I knew that part. Um, and how long have you been teaching? So this is my third year at, in RISD. This is my third year teaching, too. So. so what was your teacher goal? What did you want to grow towards? So when we first met, my, my teacher goal was that I wanted to bring in technology and I really wanted to give them some choice. Um, it felt like there was a lot of student direction, um, a, a lack of it, and I was directing them. I was doing a lot of the, here, try this app, use this one, and assigning a lot and not not giving them the opportunity to um, express themselves in different ways thinking that kids may like one app better than another or choose to write something or record something to better express themselves. And so I wanted to give them that freedom to both do a project-based learning experience and choose the avenue in which they represent their work. And so your, your teacher goal and your student goal were very aligned. You wanted to design those experiences, and then for your students, you wanted them to have that opportunity. What progress do you think you and your students have made towards those goals? Uh, you know, I think it's been really great. Um, my students, they've grown a lot, um, and I, I feel my teaching technique has grown a lot. I've allowed them to do a lot more exploration and kept it, a, it was less directive for me. So instead of giving them a list of like, here's all the things you need to do or have to do, um, making that a little bit more open to for their experience and so they've grown in their own abilities to be able to select an appropriate avenue to express themselves and I've grown to allow them to kind of like for me to back off and kind of release and let them do what they do best and be creative and choose to express themselves how they want to do. Um, you know, that was a real struggle for me. Uh, I think a lot of us, you know, that's that's how we were, we were raised and we were brought up. We Like you, you sat in the classroom, you got your workbook out, and you had your pencil, and you were told, do page 23, and you did page 23, and then you were told <laughs> what was right, what was wrong, and um, there, there wasn't a lot of room for growth there. And I think 
that's something that's missing in a lot of classrooms. And by bringing um, technology in and stepping back and releasing a little bit and not being such a control freak was um, it was difficult for me, but it was um, it was a huge benefit. And I, I see it in the kids and how they work and how they um, represent themselves. So, yeah, I think that's really great for being able to better personalize learning for your kids. They can really um, take that to different levels depending on where they are or what their unique strengths are. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to use your example, there's not a lot you can do with your own strengths when you're all working on page 23. Right. So exactly. That's awesome. And I think it's, uh, I think it was really great. Like you said, it's, there's this kind of, um, you know, we always talk about differentiation and what that should look like when they're representing their own student work and they've got that choice they're differentiating for themselves. Yes. Um, instead of, maybe, maybe I have two students that choose to do a video, but one student chooses, you know, they're going to do the, the bare minimum because that's all they can do. That's that's all they're capable of and, and, or they're, 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 they're trying their hardest and within the allotted amount of time, that's what they can accomplish. But then that student who's like, oh, I can do this video and I can, hey, I can add some more photos in here or I can add some different effects and I can really add some polish to this and make it nice and professional looking and then I can really go the extra mile and maybe even uh, add some more information, um, th then they're able to do that. They get to that point where they want to extend more, like they have the drive and you've kind of instilled like an intrinsic motivation to them because it's something they want to do. I'm really glad that you shared that because a lot of times I talk to teachers about designing open-ended tasks to allow students to differentiate themselves, to have that voice, that choice. Um, and the pushback I get sometimes um, as a specialist is that, well, they're not going to work to their ability or they're not going to work hard or they're just going to do the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. But I think if you design a good task and an engaging task and you give them some structure with a rubric or something like that, most kids will work to their ability. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be exceptions. You know, yeah. maybe you do have kids where you've got to have a conference with them or something one-on-one, -on -one, but I think you look at that as the exception, not the rule. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really glad you shared that. that uh, and I'm glad that that's what you're seeing in your classroom. Um, and you've answered this already a little bit, uh, but do you want to add anything? What impact do you think this uh, you changing the way that you've designed lessons, you uh, offering more opportunities for your students to lead the learning. What impact do you think that has had on their learning this year? So a little bit different. I, I mean, I, I know people, when, uh, especially teachers, when they hear about something new and they, uh, they want to, somebody tells them, oh, you, you should try to design your lesson this way. And uh, they feel like, oh, that's, you know, that, that's a lot, you know, or that, that's something different. It's not what I'm used to. And they, they may be open to some change, but I don't know. They feel resistant because it's different from what they've done. They don't know any different. And um, they feel like it's going to be a lot of extra work to change something they already have. Maybe they've got really great things that have been working from them in the past, but if we don't try to continue to improve then ourselves, then it's like we're not going anywhere. We're just stagnating. And so um, I think this providing um, these open-ended 
tasks or uh, projects for kids. It's made me think about my lesson planning instead of being so scripted. And so, um, so one thing right after that, so sequenced, so um, precise, uh, it does allow a little bit of room for ambiguity and allow them ways to solve and give them more options. And really when it comes down to it, it ends up and becomes less work. Um, and it, it ends up and it, I know you hear a lot of people say this, but it really does flip it onto the students. Absolutely. The teachers do so much work without realizing they think they need to do so much work when really, if you put it back on the students, then they can learn more because they're learning along their way how to do things. And we sometimes we don't recognize what they're capable of and when they're really capable of so much more. And um, it's messier. It is and messier. some people are uncomfortable with that, but right. the payoff is, is huge and it's um, worth it. And right. you have to be okay with that. Uh, you have to be okay with it being messy and it being chaotic and it does get loud in your room. Um, and that's something... But I, it's on task loud. It's, on it, task. it's okay if it's on task loud. There's, there's a difference between um, kids playing tag in your room and screaming versus I'm really excited. Hey, look at what I did on my yeah. iPad. Or it's the excitement about learning, which is totally different. Um, and yeah, they, they're going to get loud about that. And, that. and I think we have to be okay with that. And that's some, a place where I feel like I've grown this year, that I've learned to be okay with more noise. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. What would you do differently, if anything? Oh, man. <laughs> Are we talking about from the beginning of this year? <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, reflecting on how you thought you would work towards your goals or how you thought your students would work towards what you were pushing them towards. Mm. What would you do differently? Yeah. I think uh, one of the aspects that I did differently, and, you know, it was baby steps this year, and, that, and that's fine. Um, but uh, I wish I did more of what I did this year. I wish I, so far, I wish we've done um, more of those projects that offered them opportunities and more ways to kind of release and step back. Um, it well, is, you still got a whole I know, rest still of got the year. Whole rest of the year. I know. I, that's that's one thing I wish I did differently. Um, but yeah, it just the reason why I wish I would have started earlier and more often on that is just to put those kind of set those expectations in place. You know, yeah. um, the beginning of the year, it's uh, you know that's what we use it for. We put all these expectations in place, and then my thinking kind of shifted, and my kids had to relearn a lot of things. Yeah, and. That was okay, and I know there was a, there was a price to pay for that in the, the middle of the year, um, but it will it'll serve me well for next year, and uh -huh. I'll know next year what to start with. So I really like that you weren't afraid to change how you were doing things. A lot of times, people think, "Well, you know, I've already done it, and it's already going, and I already set it up, so I'll just do it differently next year." But I mean, you've still got so much time with your kids, and yeah. if something's not working. I always think that it's okay to say this isn't working and I think there's a better way to change what you're doing. So I love that you um, you weren't afraid to kind of make a turn in another direction. Um, yeah, and one thing with that, it's I just, when you look at your 
class, sometimes you do get so bogged down. Like you said, you, you look at them and you say, um, man, I, I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have put this into place or that into place. And some people will stop and they will, they will put it into place. Um, but they'll say, you know what, I'm going to wait till after Christmas to put that into place. And, or I'm going to wait till after the new year or the next semester or whenever it is. And they, they set it off to the side. Um, I feel like if you do it when it's fresh in your mind and you, you've got an idea and you've thought it out and you've kind of fully vetted it and you're, you're ready to go with it, start tomorrow. Yeah. You know, um, you know, unless you've got like a test tomorrow, you know, but yeah. then start the next day. But it's, I think if you start, yes, it's going to, it's going to cut time. But a lot of times those changes will ultimately save you time. Moving forward, what would you want to focus your growth work on? Mm. Do you want to continue on the same path? Is there anything you want to refine? Um, is there anything else you want to work towards? I think a, a big aspect, um, for especially for this year's group that I have, um, there's a large struggle with teamwork. Um, every student in here is very good at doing independent work, and they can get online and they get or on a presentation or on an application, and they can feel comfortable expressing themselves. But when it's working collaboratively, um, we are still struggling with that. And, that, and that's okay. I mean, they're eight that's years really old. Hard. That's really hard. It's a really hard task. I mean, I know a lot of adults that yeah. struggle working collaboratively. And so getting them to um, realize time management, work distribution, um, and uh, deadlines, that those three things... Um, just in themselves, as far as group work, are probably some of the hardest things that students have trouble with. And um, I think that's something that I'm going to spend a, a great deal amount of time the rest of this year trying to refine, because I'm not going to wait till next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those, those are an important piece of being able to do those tasks and projects and those things. And if you want that to be truly student-directed, they have to have a good handle mm -hmm. on what that looks like to manage their group within the people in that group. Right. Um, well, thanks for, yeah. Thanks for letting me interview you. Thanks for sharing your stories. Uh, thanks for giving up a lot of time after <laughs> school and during planning to, um, chat and share ideas. Um, it's very much appreciated. So yeah, thanks. I'm happy to do it. Thank you. Thank you for listening and for following along with our journey. Next week's episode will be the last one in this series. So make sure you come back and check that one out and we will see you then.